podcast is brought to you by Self, Web3 fraud prevention for everyone. Self can help you in various ways, from car rental with a single tap, to easy child protection with verified identities, to trusted messaging for the gig economy. There are several ways that you can utilize Self today. Self is built for people, for business, and for developers. You can download their iOS and Android app today. For more information, go to joinself.com. Again, that's joinself.com. everyone. Welcome to another episode of Crypto Current. Your host here, Richard Carthon. And today I got a very special one for you on a very important topic that is extremely timely, all about Web3 fraud prevention for everyone. Uh, so today we have Dan Sutherland, who's the founder at Self. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm great. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Definitely. And uh, excited to learn more about uh, how timely Self is, especially after all this FTX Vocal uh, is is going down, but before we dive into that side of the conversation, first let's learn a little bit more about you. Can you give us some background on yourself? Yeah, cool. I'm um, I'm an entrepreneur, so um, I have been running and investing in businesses since I was uh, 17, approximately, um, and a fairly broad swathe of things. So um, everything from you know promoting nightclubs when I was a lot younger to, um, uh, management consulting and, uh, and, and, and now, um, with my toes firmly in the world of crypto. Great. Yeah. So uh, what I found with serial entrepreneurs as they, you know, start to get into more of the web three space, it's like this nice synergistic transition over into it. Cause you can understand just the vast amount of opportunities in it, but you also can understand the amount of challenges that can come with keeping yourself safe as you get into a new innovative space. So talk to us about what made you want to focus on this side of the Web3 space. So um, so I've always really liked innovative technology. I've liked new, interesting things as they, as they come into the market. Uh, but my real interest in that context has been in, in the way they transition from being... Um, the latest thing to being something that has real utility for really large volumes of people. Like, you know, it's been super exciting to watch the the growth of the, the Web3 space, of the NFT space over the last few years. But but with the best will in the world, as much money as some people have made out of that space, you know, the, the number of people who are buying NFTs online is tiny compared to the number of people who need to pay for their electricity. Um, and I think I think what I find really interesting is how you make that jump between between something that has huge potential and how you flow yourself then into the position where those opportunities and that technology can become something that is useful for for everyday people without maybe them even necessarily knowing that that's the case. So I've been I've been kind of investing in and looking at and following the crypto space for. Uh, I guess, um, since sort of 2015, 2016. Um, and it was always like, this is really cool. It's really interesting, but how does it, how does it flow into something that's, that's mainstream? Um, and, um, and I think once I'd sold my previous business, um, five years or so ago, um, I kind of really started looking properly at what the next opportunity that I'd be excited by was going to be. 
Um, and I had a feeling from the start that it was going to be something to do with with blockchain, with digital currencies, but but actually with their with their power to democratize and their power to um, see a shift from the from the kind of extractive model of technology that had been developing since the sort of beginnings of Web two. Yeah. And uh, first, I I know you went by really quickly, but congrats on the acquisition. Like uh, for everyone out there that's a founder, yeah, you know how hard that is to get to eventually that point. Uh, but yeah. also then to have your eyes out on what will be that next innovative place that you can go and have impact. So tell us about what was that? How did you first learn about crypto? And then as you were starting to look into the innovative side of things, what made you want to go and create self? So first learning about crypto is very straightforward. Um, I have a friend who lives over in uh, Vancouver and uh, he is a photographer um, and he was doing some uh, publicity shots for a local company. Um, and and once he'd done the, the work for them, they said, you know, they were involved in this new thing called Bitcoin and um, would, he be, uh, would he be open to taking half of his payment in in fiat and half of it in their new token. Um, and, uh, and he said, yeah, sure. That'd, that, that'd be great. Why not? Um, I think that was back in like 2012. Wow. Um, and it was sort of in the days where, you know, you paid 50 Bitcoin for a pizza. So I think he, um, I, I think he did quite well out of doing that. And, and, uh, Every time I saw him after that, he said, you know, this, this Bitcoin thing, you, re you really should be looking at it. You really should be interested in it. I said, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. And it sort of took a while before I went, actually, this might be interesting and, and, and took some notice. But it was his insistence and persistence that this is something I should be involved in that, I, uh, that, that, that made me focus on it. Um, so as a friend or a good colleague that, I guess, first puts you on and then, you know, eventually once you go down the rabbit hole, uh, you, you look a little bit deeper. So makes sense. Yeah, yeah Absolutely. So uh, in terms of how we got to self, um, we didn't get to self through, through specifically looking at crypto. We, 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 we got to self through, and self got to crypto through the fact that we were trying to solve this seemingly in, 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 you know, in, intangible problem, this complex problem, which, which is that um, in real life, Humans want to trust each other. We, we like each other. You know, our, our natural inclination is to go, oh, this guy's got a nice smiley face. I trust him. Um, and in real life, there are lots of cues that we use that we pick up on about the people that we're with that allow us to base that trust on, on, on something. You know, we call it gut instincts. We call it um, you know, a sort of natural empathy with the people you're with. But it's something you can do in real life, but you, you can't replicate it online. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, um, we have this division where we're simply not in the same space and we can't pull the same cues from one another, one another, even, even on a video call. And so we were trying to solve a problem that, that, it, that we'd started thinking about when I was running um, my, my previous business, cause we were doing a lot of, uh, very secure tech for, for government and for banks and that kind of thing. And I know we had a lot of problem with making sure that we knew who was who and what whether they were doing the right thing and lots of hoops to jump through. None of which seemed particularly satisfactory. You know, it's always, it's always bothered me that when you do a KYC and know your customer process, it's great at the point in time when you do that check. But like as soon as you've logged out of that web page or 
walked away from the desk where the person's checked your passport, it's entirely valueless. Um, so sort of how do, you, how do you take these things that we need to do every day and make them useful? Um, and on top of that, we also wanted to, we also wanted to take those processes away from uh, a place where you know, things like identity, things like who we are and how we authenticate with things were somehow in the gift of an organization or a government that could bestow an identity upon us or, you know, a credit that we were who we said we were. I'm, I'm me. I just want to be able to tell somebody that I'm me and for them to accept that and frankly for them to accept it because I've provided them with some kind of proof. And in right. today's entirely asymmetric world for that, um, it's extremely hard to do that. I, I, I don't know whether the bank is my bank when they call me. So all of these problems were kind of mashing together and, 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 and making us think about, well, how do we solve some of these challenges? Um, and we, we started building technology and we started iterating on it and looking at it. And I, I have a very R&D approach to, to, to starting these things. It's entirely counter what every VC I've ever met tells you to do. Um, you know, we, we're kind of like, well, let's, let's see what's possible. Let's let this thing evolve and, and, you know, grow organically into something. And that leaves you with lots of pivots and lots of iterations through your, through your process. In terms of self, we, we flowed naturally to the point where, um, where blockchains and specifically public blockchains, um, because we, we went through using distributed ledgers at one point, um, became the natural way of solving some of the kind of core problems in the middle of this technology. And so uh, we've come to crypto and we've come to Web3 because crypto and Web3 are the right technologies for the solution that we've been building. Not because we went, we want to get into this Web3 thing, how do we do it? Um, yeah. I think that's a really good approach to it, right? So you, you identified a problem and the tech that really helps to solve that problem just happens to be blockchain and, and, and utilizing and crypto. So mm. as you're, you know, building this out and, and, and looking into this, you, you're trying to know your customers better and the way that you're doing this, uh, you're, you, it's made for developers and you have a lot of different ways that, you know, self can be utilized. So a, a couple of, I know one of them on here was talking about, you know, child protection, uh, trusted messaging for the gig economy and, and a bunch of others. Can you kind of walk us through some of the different ways self can be utilized? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, self is a platform, um, you know, on, on top of which we, on top of which we want developers to build solutions that fit their marketplaces. So I think we're very carefully not trying to kind of eat the lunch of any of our customers. We, we, we want them to, um, we want them to have access to the core elements of self, the communication tools, the ability to verify and consume verified information um, and the ability to allow people to truly authenticate biometrically. So I don't mean using face ID or a fingerprint on the phone. I mean, an authentication that is essentially has the same payload as a KYC check. So you know somebody is somebody. Um, we then allow them to do useful stuff with all those bits of information, you know, so so we have the ability to delegate information with inside self. So as an organization, that means that you can replicate your management and your authority structure inside your business in self. And, you know, if every one of your users in your organization has a self-account, 
those people can have their responsibilities delegated to them by their line manager or by the CEO or whoever it happens to be. Uh, and those things become a matter of record inside a cryptographic chain. And, and at that point, you can, you, you know, you know, if the guy on the phone is calling up one of the customers, the customer can say, not only does this guy who is calling me using self's um, voice messaging system, um, not only is this guy who is calling me who he says he is, but he has the authority to speak on behalf of the company that he's ringing from. So suddenly I have a, a fully symmetrical set of uh, fully symmetrical authentication and, and verification process where as the user, I know the person calling me who's the, is who they're supposed to be. And the person who's calling me, they know I'm the right customer. And at that point, you don't have somebody ringing you up and impersonating, you know, impersonating you and trying to defraud you of something. Um, and your call process is way swifter and way simpler. The, the, for us, the experience is super important. Like, how do you make the things that we do every day more frictionless, easier to handle? And if you, if you get on the phone with, a, with an organization, um, you know, with your bank, they will ask you a bunch of daft questions to try and prove that you are who you say you are, most of which you can get around with a bit of quick Googling. Um, with self, they know who they're speaking to. They don't need to ask you lots of security questions. They know the person is on the other end of the phone and you know who they are. So you can dive straight into, you know, hey, I need a new mortgage or you know, I can't pay my credit card this month or whatever it happens to be. You can have that conversation straight away, which greatly reduces the amount of time the organization needs to plow into call centers, you know, 20, 30% reduction in call center time, which is a not inconsiderable cost saving. At the same time as being absolutely certain that they're speaking to the right person and that their customers are not getting defrauded. Um, and that model expands out to other things, you know, uh, parents being able to um, be certain that the people that their children are playing with online on a computer game platform, for example, are actually all under 18. There's not some guy in there who's pretending to be 12 who's actually 46 because they've all authenticated. If, they, if they're authenticating with those systems using something like self, then they're in a position to be able to be certain that the people are the right age and uh, that, they're, that they're someone who should be on that platform. So um, self is all about having knowledge. You know, the, the, um, the process of... The process of fraud is one of essentially uh, convincing somebody that the lie you're telling is true and making them do something because they believe your lie. And what self is all about is giving people access to truth so that they know when somebody's lying to them or they know that they're in an environment in which somebody is unable to lie to them so that they can then trust that environment. And through that, going back to what we talked about earlier on in the call, through that you have people having the ability to trust in the world that they're dealing with and have the same sort of trust engagement with each other that you might get in the real world online. Uh, the, the use cases for this are, are pretty limitless. And the, one of the first ones that came to mind as you were talking through this was SIM swapping. SIM swapping is a huge issue. And I think if cell phone carriers could have something like this, to verify anyone who's trying to potentially change their plan or, or, or what have you, it helps to prevent a lot of that because unfortunately SIM swapping, not only just in Web3, but even in the Web2 space, is one of the huge drivers of, of people unfortunately having a, a good bit of their potential wealth being taken from them in a matter of moments Absolutely after they've right. successfully done it. Absolutely right. I mean, the, you know, one, one of the 
mm-hmm. that picks up something really important, which is that what we've grown to do in, in, a, in the technology space is to trust technology, to trust machines. You know, the, the, the world of kind of trustless technology is essentially about trusting based on who's got the keys. And in the background of that is the assumption that the person who's got the keys is the right person. Um, and it's very difficult to do anything about that. And that's a kind of key thing that is at the core of self is the ability to extend trust to a specific human to say that the person who should have the keys is Bob and Bob has the keys. Um, that, that's, a, that's a huge leap because that's taking, that's taking biometrics from being something that exists in the world of um, my face is being used to, with Face ID to unlock this phone to your phone acting like those electronic passport gates at the airport and saying, this person is this person who has the right to do the following things. But very importantly with self, that's all happening on the phone. You know, we're, we're, we're doing, we're not holding user data in the, in the cloud. Um, our users keep all their information on their cell phones. Um, the, there are a few services that we have to consume in the cloud. Gradually, as we grow, we're building out native phone-based versions of all of those services. Um, so our, our, our goal in, in, in a couple of years' time will be that all of this stuff only runs natively on the cell phone. But for now, a few things have to be done externally, but nothing is stored permanently externally. Everything is, is stored by the user on their device. So you have the ability to do verification that is as strong as the stuff that you're doing at the airport on the one hand. And on the other hand, the user's got complete control of the data that that's all about in their hand physically. And you, you brought it up a couple of times. So there is an app on both, I believe, iOS and Android that yep. people are able to utilize. So walk us through, someone downloads this, what are some of the things they can initially start doing? So um, the first thing that they can do when they download it is they can go and uh, verify some pieces of information about themselves. So most situations where you're verifying your, your information online, you're kind of giving your data to an organization who is checking it and then coming back and saying, you know, yes or no. With self, you're essentially doing that for yourself. So you're checking your own information and then saving that information in self where it, where it can be made useful so you can use it again. Um, at the moment, we are um, in our beta version that we've, that we've released so far. We're, released, we're, we're, we're authenticating things like email addresses and phone numbers on the one hand. And then we're authenticating anything that we can pull uh, electronic biometric data from. So passports with RFID chips, sorry, with RF, um, with NFC chips in them, um, because we can pull key signed photographs and things off those. As we grow, we'll be able to do more information. And one of the things that we'll be releasing uh, later this year is is a bounty program to to allow people to help us uh, broaden that pool of data, because at the moment, most of that data is tied up with the same kind of companies that we're trying to not have people have to deal with. Um, so we, we want users to be able to pull together the data about verifiable information and correlate it themselves rather than have organizations correlate it for them. Um, once you verify that information, you can do a number of other things. So self contains a, uh, a communications platform. So a fully end-to-end encrypted comms platform that allows you to message, make calls with each other. Later on, we'll add video into that. Um, that uh, it works very like, you know, WhatsApp and Signal and those kind of things. But 
But one of the key differences with self is that the um, is that the users are biometrically gated. So we know who the user is in this environment, and the user can check with whoever it is they're speaking to that they're speaking to the right person, that it's not somebody pretending to be someone else, uh, and that you can check that before accepting that other person into your into your uh, community to be able to speak to you. So there's a lot of security gates to mean that people can have very secure communications with one another, um, as well as this thing being built out on a uh, being out, built out on a fully end-to-end -end encrypted platform. Um, and and as we scale, we're gradually distributing all of the elements of of that, so that the platform will uh, will eventually be fully distributed. And that was actually going to just be my my next follow up question: is you you already have uh, a platform and, and an app that people can go and utilize right now, but what are some yep. things that are coming in the future that you think people should be uh, excited about? Well, um, so there are there are a bunch of things. Let me think about the things that I ought to be talking to you about and the ones I shouldn't. Um, so um, one of the things I think we're going to be um, we're going to be doing shortly is allowing people to, so I don't know if I've gone over this yet, but inside self is, is essentially a data store in which you can store verified information about yourself, stuff that you verified, like the passport I was talking about previously, but also things that maybe have been verified by an organization that you work with that's using self. So somebody, so an, uh, uh, I don't know, a bank that's done a KYC check on you could be able to share the fact that they've done a KYC check on you and that you are who you say you are. Um, one of the things we're going to release shortly is the ability for people to store inside there um, the keys for the crypto that they hold um, so that they can do a number of things. Firstly, they can uh, verify to other people who they are so that people know they're sending crypto to the right user, um, to the right account. They can also communicate with each other, um, with other people who are inside ecosystem using the wallet addresses that they have stored inside their self-account. Um, so you start to get some real security and utility of those addresses, but also of the ability to understand who it is you're dealing with, who the counterparties are in a transaction, so that you can tackle a lot of the problems that happen with things being sent to the wrong place, with not being quite sure who you're sending things to. And on a simple side, just Sending things to a friend, I, you know, you're, you, you're, I, I could just say, hey, I'm going to send two ETH to Richard and I could send it like that rather than having to send it in a, in a more complex format. So that's going to be really cool. Um, really powerful, really simple, extra security bolt-on on the top of the way people manage with, with their crypto. Um, from a pure consumer point of view, we are building a, uh, a social platform. So... Um, so that, uh, so that I was talking before about what users could do with the thing straight away. Um, one of the things that will be in there shortly is, is the ability to engage socially with all the other people that you're connected to inside self. Um, and it's very much a kind of step away from the commercially driven, advertising driven world of social media today. Um, one of the key things with our system is that the, uh, is that the platform takes advantage of, of the network that it sits on top of um, and the information that's being shared is only shared to the people you know. So there is no kind of web view of your life um, that other people can kind of, you know, slightly voyeuristically look in upon. Um, it's just you sharing 
in the old-fashioned sense, cat pictures with the people you know. Um, and it becomes a, a more um, personal, interactive way of networking. So, uh, so we're really excited about adding that into things. And I think the last thing is uh, a lot of self depends on um, depends on having users who interact well with one another and who know each other. And so um, because this is a Web3 project, we firmly believe in, in the power of user-owned Web3 networks. So uh, we are shortly going to be taking um, up to 10% of our governance tokens, and we're going to be giving those away um, as part of a program of uh, signups. So people will be able to earn our governance tokens for uh, inviting their friends to join self and for their friends inviting their friends to join self and building engagements and a, and a community around that process, which um, which would be really exciting. And it's a, you know, it's a significant giveaway. It's up to up to $10 million worth of tokens. So it's not a, not a small bean, not small beans. Yeah. So a lot of really cool products coming out, about to do a giveaway of significant money. And it sounds like a lot of great things for the community that you're building over at Self. So for those listening, you can go to joinself.com for more info. Um, but what are other ways that people can connect with um, yourself and, and other people over at Self? So the best way, as you've already said, is through self because we're building a communications platform. So we love people to communicate that way. Um, outside of that, uh, you'll find us on, uh, on, on, on the usual suspects. So you'll find us on um, Telegram and on Twitter. Uh, and you'll find us individually in there as well as, um, as, well as on, our, our, on our corporate connections. Excellent. Well, as we wrap up, I always like to finish with a couple of fun questions. And uh, the first is going to be, with all the information that you've been able to learn on this journey of, of building out self and, and going from the web two over into web three for the technology that helps solve a lot of these challenges. If you give yourself one to two pieces of advice when you first started, what would you tell yourself? Hey everyone, just wanted to let you know about all of the amazing content that we're making for you exclusively over on YouTube. You can stay connected to crypto's top stories and trending topics with the Aftershock. Every Wednesday, join Cryptocurrent Steve Miller and myself for a brand new discussion on what's going on in the wild world of Web3. If you want to learn more about cryptocurrency and blockchain but don't know where to start, Crypto Decrypted will cover everything from basics and fundamental analysis to the advanced concepts of technical analysis. Join Chris K every Thursday exclusively on YouTube to get this content. Finally, if you want to take a deeper dive into the world of NFTs and learn more about all the latest and greatest and what's happening in that space while capturing alpha, join Steven on NFT Thursdays exclusively on Twitter Spaces on Thursdays at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. We hope you're enjoying our content. And if you're enjoying it, please like, subscribe, share, and leave comments so that we can continue to give you the content to keep you cryptocurrent. Whoa. Um... To ignore the markets uh, and build the thing that you want to build because you believe in it, um, that would be really useful. Um, ooh, that's 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 a tricky question. Um, I think the other one would be where these things are 
going to be useful and going to work is probably never where you thought it was going to be. Um, so be prepared to pivot and revisit the things that you're doing and you're building frequently and constantly question whether you're doing the right thing or not. Those are two great lessons. Uh, having the resilience to not worry about where the market is, but build what, what needs to be built and, uh, Builders build during bear markets, period. And to have a quality product, regardless of what's market conditions, you have, you have to just keep uh, building like that. Um, and then finally, also just to stay resilient in the face of it, having to pivot. Like you have an idea of, of where you think things are going to go and it, it the endpoint isn't necessarily exactly where you thought it, it might have to adjust. You have to pivot over uh, to get there. So definitely appreciate that. And then as, as to wrap up, it's been a wild couple of weeks uh, at the time of this recording, uh, especially with everything happening with FTX. Um, how do you think self is positioned to help with uh, not allowing these potential things to happen in the future or what can people be doing to protect themselves in the future to not have this uh, repeat itself? Yeah, it's been a really interesting few weeks to be launching a business that's focused on fraud. Um, so uh, it's, it's, it's really, it's an interesting question. I think this all comes down to trust and trust in technology. So um, as it stands, uh, when you put your crypto into a centralized exchange, you are essentially putting your fate in their hands. They have your keys um, and you really have no idea what they are doing or able to do with your keys. Um, but you also don't know some other things that apply just as much to decentralized exchanges as they do to centralized exchanges. So you, you don't know that the code they're running is the code you think it is. It may look like it's doing the right thing and outputting the right things, but you really have no idea whether actually they've got a lovely debug version that's pulling all kinds of data that they can use to go and front run the market on other exchanges and make use of your, your position from that perspective. Um, and you don't know whether the infrastructure that they're running on top of, and this is, this is, this is true of centralized exchanges, really true of decentralized exchanges. You don't know whether the infrastructure is clean and is, is, is being operated in a way that means that you can trust it. So um, our kind of current default is a sort of slightly blind trust that these things are okay and that your money will be okay. Um, that's a little bit like leaving your wallet on the bar in the pub and assuming that no one's going to buy themselves a beer. Um, it, it's, it's, um, it's still very much the Wild West. Um, that's a generic term. And then if you, look at, if you look at the things that it's alleged that FTX have been doing, um, those things are really nothing to do with crypto and everything to do with a complete failure of corporate governance and people just uh, fraudulently and corruptly running an organization and nobody really checking that that's what they were doing. Um, and that's a sort of extreme form of blind trust in what these guys are, what these guys are up to. Um, how to self-play into that? Well, in the, gen in the general thing I was talking about a second ago, um, 
Self is able to prove things about not just people or organizations, but it can also it can also be used to prove things about infrastructure and about intangible things like code. Um, and so we can we can use self to gain a much greater degree of trust in the stack that things are running on. Um, being able to verify that being able to verify that the exchange that you're running that your that your um, that your tokens have been placed into in order to be able to sell them is clean from the top of the stack down to the bottom is a really powerful bit of uh, openness that exchanges could usefully take advantage of. Um, being able to know that the people who you're dealing with at the exchange are the right people, um, being able to know as we will natively be able to do that if you're, if you're sending some tokens from one place to another that you know who the recipient is and the recipient knows who the sender is. Those kind of things are really important, particularly if you layer an element of anonymity on top of that. So one of the things that we're really keen on in self is, is our ability to verify that a human is a specific human, but without exposing any personal information about that specific human. So, you know, is this, I'm sending this to the here, is, is it going to a specific person? That's quite powerful on its own, even without having to know who the person is. It's the difference between, no, this isn't going to a specific person, this is going to an organization, or this is going to a server. Um, those kind of things are quite useful to be able to do. So um, we kind of believe in, in trusting nothing and verifying everything, but providing that verification in a really straightforward, really easily consumed way. And I think that's where we see us adding real value into the into the exchange space is their ability to take their kind of current desire to be very clear about their balance sheets and expand that to being very clear about, yes, we should trust their exchanges and we should trust their platforms because here's the proof that they're trustworthy. And it's being able to provide that proof where I think self will really be able to help. Yeah, two two great examples. One with the, the proof of solvency is definitely something that a lot of people are, are are pushing for right now. But then even trusting that where money's being sent on both sides, right? Uh, uh, as people come into this space and they're moving their crypto, it can be a very uh, scary moment when they realize that if they somehow mess up the address or somehow think they're sending it to one place and it goes to another it's uh there's no take backs once it's once you sent that's that that's it and you even have examples i think is either coinbase or crypto.com that recently sent millions of dollars to the wrong place and you're like you're in exchange you do this all the time how do you how do you mess that up and something like self could help with not having that problem um having yeah. that verification and, and doing some of that so i definitely see uh the use cases there so definitely appreciate you you know, expanding on that. And uh, I know all the listeners here, it's another way to be safe in, in all of the yeah. ways that unfortunately uh, fraud is both going around, but also to verify where your money is going. But, you know, as we wrap up here, Dan, you know, what is a final thought that you want to leave with everyone listening today? Um, so fraud is something that happens in the spaces between the things that we know for certain. Um, and everywhere we leave a gap of uncertainty is somewhere where 
somebody will try and defraud you. Uh, and it's a, it's an, a particularly unpleasant thought, but it's more prevalent online than it is in the real world. Um, and the more things that we push online in the way we do them today, where our trust is based on assumption and hope, the more space there is for fraud. And fraud is already the third biggest economy in the world by GDP. Only China and the US have a bigger economy than fraud. Five and a half trillion US dollars last year. And that's just the stuff we know about. Uh, these guys have a better business model than most of the rest of businesses. Uh, and they're growing faster. And unless we do something different to try and combat them, that's only going to get worse. Yeah. I think that's a great final thought. And it's a great reminder that we have to continue to protect ourselves. And there was a, a lot of lessons learned, a lot of black swan events that happened um, to keep it top of mind for us. So I think, again, Self is a very timely uh, company that's doing something to help improve a lot of this. And as a reminder for everyone listening, make sure you go out to joinself.com for more information. But Dan, thank you so much for dropping all the gems, sharing all the information. Everyone, make sure you go and give uh, Self uh, a look. And as always, stay Cryptocurrent. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Cryptocurrent. Cryptocurrent is a cryptocurrency and blockchain education platform that's bridging the gap between the curious newcomers who are just discovering the space and the thought leaders who are shaping its future. All opinions expressed by Richard Carthon, the Cryptocurrent team, and their guests on this show are exclusively their own opinions. This show and any other Cryptocurrent production is exclusively for informational purposes. Hey, Cryptocurrent crew. We want to give a quick shout out to all of our faithful listeners out there. It's been an amazing journey, and we really appreciate your support throughout the years as we've been growing as a community. Each episode, we decided that we would start sharing some of the reviews that you were leaving for us. For today, we would like to share this review. Today's review comes from Pirate M, who said, This podcast is great. I didn't know that much about cryptocurrency before I started listening, but now I feel great. The topics covered and guests are all fantastic. Additionally, the information is easy to understand, even if you aren't that well-versed because of how entertaining the whole show is. We sincerely appreciate this review and all reviews and would like to ask that if you're enjoying our show, please take a quick moment to go and leave a review on our podcast so that hopefully we can be highlighting your review next. Simply go to our show notes or go to our website where we have a link where you can share your review today. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information on today's episode and all of our episodes, please visit us at www.crypto-current.co. You can also find a link in the show notes. Want to stay up to date in the latest news in cryptocurrency? Sign up for our newsletter today. You'll receive daily emails Monday through Friday that are personalized and curated content specific to you and your interest, powered by artificial intelligence. You can either go to our show notes or go to our website to sign up today. We would like to give a special shout out to our Moon sponsor, Acacia Digital. Acacia invests in partners with early stage blockchain companies who are solving complex problems in large markets. Acacia partners with projects that have established technology and communities. Acacia supports public projects exhibiting strong momentum and capacity to grow into large markets. Acacia also directly participates in limited releases such as NFTs tied to unique experiences, access, or products. For more information, go to acaciadigital.io. Again, that's acaciadigital.io. Are you an accredited investor looking to invest in cryptocurrency? Crescent City Capital can help. 
Go to crescentcitycapital.com for more information. I don't know if you've noticed, but the quality of our podcast each week are improving. I can only thank my amazing producer, Andrew DeRitter with DeRitter Productions, who has been putting all of this together. If you have any podcast, music, or audio needs, please go to DeRitterProductions.com.